Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest Hello there, Edwin. Hello, Andrew. And happy Wednesday to you, my friend. Happy Wednesday. October 18, the year of our Lord, 2023, when this episode drops. It is. That, and that's what's on the equipment, so we're, we're not recording over anything. Okay, that's good. <laughs> we're, we're moving forward. Lots to read Lots today. Lots to read today, because John 6 is that long chapter we've been talking about. We've been taking it, to, you know, eating that elephant one bite at a time, but today we got to take a big bite. Big bite. Because we're going to be talking about Jesus is the bread of life, and mm-hmm. there's a lot to that discussion. And talking about taking big bites and talking about eating the bread of life, I do have to point out that my Wednesday socks today, I'm a Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich. Are you really? Which is not quite the bread of life, but um, it's pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. Uh, I gotta, well, I'll tell you, Wednesday's a good reason to have some fun socks. I got some colorful stripes myself today. Well, there you go. Yep. There you go. All right. Let's read. This is going to be a lengthy reading today. John 6, verses 22 through 59. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. On the next day, the crowd that remained on the other side of the sea saw that there had been only one boat there. Now, Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. Other boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there nor his disciples, they themselves got into the boats and went into Capernaum seeking Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, Then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, It was not Moses who gave you bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. So the Jews grumbled about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, Do not grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father, except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. 
I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever, and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Jesus said these things in the synagogue as he taught at Capernaum. I got to be at that uh, synagogue in Capernaum on my uh, tour of Israel there a few years ago. And it's really amazing, really amazing to think that Jesus was standing there and giving this sermon um, about the bread of life. And I got to tell you, it sounds like that in that synagogue setting, there was some discussion that people are talking back and asking questions. And it seems like everyone that they just weren't tracking with this. They did not understand some of the things that Jesus was saying, particularly in verse 52. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Is he really talking about a cannibalism? How do we go from this guy's multiplying loaves and fishes 24 hours ago to cannibalism? This is confusing teaching. It's confusing, and I got to tell you, it's a little bit creepy. Mm -hmm. I Even having studied this and come to a conclusion about what I think is being said here, every time I read it and hear it, it kind of creeps me out just a little bit. I just yeah. want to be honest about that. I think the first problem, uh, or the first thing that we need to notice is that we, we hear them declare yesterday that Jesus, well, we talked about it we the day before yesterday, yeah. but I mean, going through the time in the chapter, yesterday they've said, he's the prophet. Yesterday they said, let's make him our king. And now they've come to him and they say, they, they first question is, how'd you get here? Yeah. Jesus does what he does so many times, completely ignores the question. <laughs> and he says, look. He did do that. The, the real issue here is not how I got here because the real issue is why you guys came here. Mm -hmm. You know, how I got here is a big deal. The apostles got to see that. But why you're here is what we need to talk about. And that is, you're not here because you saw a sign and decided, I am Lord and God, and you need to follow me. You're here because you ate some food, and what you hope is going to happen is that if you follow me around, I will feed you again. Well, that is one of the confusing things to me early on in this reading, after he uh, uh, rebukes them a little bit for traveling around hoping to be filled. Uh, then they ask, well, what uh, what sign will you perform for us so that we may believe you? Uh, there was a sign yesterday. That's why you're here today. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah. They're asking for another sign. This is one of those frustrating things. I, I Listen, I have committed this exact same kind of error that these guys are committing. I, I, and I don't mean this. I'm, I'm just thinking in times like when I'm discussing something with mm -hmm. someone or I'm trying to convince somebody to do something. And in my mind, I mean, I've probably done it with you. I know I've done it with Marita. And that is... I want you to do something or I want her to do something. And right now I am only thinking of what can I say mm -hmm. to get you to do it? 
What they want is for Jesus to feed them again. And it doesn't matter what Jesus responds back. They're trying to come up with some manipulative thing that says, Mm. okay, feed us. Mm -hmm. And so he says, you're here not because you saw signs, but because you want to eat. And so what he says, you need to not work for the food that perishes, but work for food that doesn't. They're like, all right, all right. Well, show us a sign. Yeah. <laughs> then they even quote Bible on him, yeah. and they're like, you know, Moses, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Yeah. And so, you know, let me let me tell you a sign that would cause me to work for the food that doesn't perish. If you would just go ahead and feed me. Let's go ahead and give me some more of that I, food. I'd start working for the food that doesn't perish. Mm-hmm. Can we just make a side comment real quickly here that Jesus doesn't play that game? Jesus doesn't play the game that I'm going to draw you in by feeding you. Mm. Folks have the idea that Jesus came into towns, went to the poor side of town, started feeding people, and when they realized how much he loved them because of how much he fed them, then he taught them about sin and forgiveness. That is not the way it worked. Yeah. I think about the Caesars and how do they keep the people happy with bread Bread and and circuses. circuses. Yeah, Jesus is, I'm not that kind of king. He's not that kind of king. It's not that kind of kingdom. He gives them truth and the bread of life gives them truth and the bread of life now look we are quickly running out of time yeah let's talk about about what we need to talk about so (laughs) here's the point i what i want us to see is jesus is is trying to get them to understand that what they need to do is believe on him Mm -hmm. life comes from him Mm -hmm. all right Uh, and because life comes from him he can use a metaphor you know in biological life we gain life from eating we gain life from food. Mm-hmm. And so he says, look, what you need to understand is when it comes to true life, I am the food. And it's the, the, the target and the reference and what the parallel is, is life comes from Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so he says, I am the bread of life. But he also says that came from above. And they start saying, wait a minute. No, no. You, we know where you came from. You came yeah. from over there in Nazareth. We know we, your mother we, and we your father. Dad. We know your mom. Reason. We know your brothers. You can't be from heaven. And so Jesus tries to run at it again. What we have is Jesus keeps trying to explain it to them, and it's almost like they are purposely trying to misunderstand because they just want another meal. Mm. They just want another meal until Jesus finally has to take this step. He tries to make his point, and he does it in such a, a, a horrific way, such a such a shocking way that they can no longer take his words and fit them into what they want it to mean. Mm-hmm. It, it is so shocking to say, look, if you're going to do what I'm telling you, you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. You have to get into cannibalism and vampirism, both things that were anathema yeah. uh, according to law. And he says, you got to do that in order to have true life. It, it his whole point is pushing right. to saying it in a way that they can no longer deceive themselves into thinking they're hearing what they're actually yeah. wanting to hear. Yeah. And it's it's either going to cause them to say, all right, we don't understand. Could you explain? Or it's going to cause them to say, that's gross. I'm out of here. Maybe we've had some preparation to understand his teaching because back in John chapter four, when the disciples had returned from the village of Sychar with bread for Jesus, he told them, uh, I have bread. Uh, And they said, what? Somebody's already fed him? What? What? And his bread was to do the work of his father. And so in talking about uh, eating something, it was a, a, a metaphor, if you will, for this work and this faith. Now, similarly... Uh, these people need to see Jesus as bread 
uh, eat the body and drink the blood. They need to be about his work and following him. That is such a powerful point. Because most of the time when we discuss this, we just jump into this chapter and it weirds us out and it's kind of creepy and we're not quite sure what to do. And we do hear about eating flesh and blood and we're like, oh, Lord's Supper, maybe that's what's going on here. But if we were just reading John, we've actually been prepared. People have misunderstood things over and over again. And the one you just described, I mean, we've got the Samaritan woman that misunderstood the living water. Right. Which... Pursuing the living water had nothing to do with drinking anything. Mm-hmm. There's not anything we're going to drink that is the fulfillment of drinking the living water. Correct. Uh, you know, and he says, I have, as you already said, I have food to eat that you don't know about, and it means doing the will of God. Did you notice this? That as Jesus was explaining this whole thing about the bread of life, he actually goes back to that doing the will of the Father. In John 6, 38, For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing. Verse 40, For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life. So for him, eating food was doing the will of the Father. Mm-hmm. Now he's he's told them, Look, you need to work for the food that doesn't perish. How do we do that? By looking to the sun and believing on the sun. As shocking as it might be to us, when Jesus here talks about us eating the bread of life and then gets to the point of having to say it because these these folks who are listening are just just purposefully misunderstanding. So he says this horrific thing of cannibalism and vampirism, eat my flesh, drink my blood. He has actually already defined what that is. And that's us being like Jesus, that our food is to do the will of God. And the will of God is that we believe in Jesus and do what he says. And when we believe in Jesus and do what he says, we are eating his flesh and drinking his blood. Boy, that's exactly right. And that's what we saw early in today's reading in John 6 and verse 28. They asked, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God that you believe in me whom he sent. If there we, seems to be a, a huge exposition on that very idea the rest yes. of this chapter. So if I can comment, we're out of time. But Jesus here is not establishing the Lord's Supper. He is not promising the Lord's Supper. He's not teaching a doctrine of transubstantiation. He's not, neither consubstantiation. He's not even actually pointing us toward, he's not saying one of these days you're going to do something, you're going to eat something and drink something that is the fulfillment of this. When, when he told the woman about drinking the living water, he wasn't looking forward to her actually drinking something. We're going to find out that it has to do with the Holy Spirit. And the same thing here. He's not actually pointing towards even physically eating or drinking something. He has told us what this means in the chapter if we will just listen to his explanation. And the problem is today there are so many people who are doing exactly what the Jews did, misunderstanding Mm. and not grasping the point. If we want to eat the flesh and drink the blood of the Lord, we do that by believing Jesus doing what he says, imbibing Jesus in our hearts and our minds such that it's like he is the one that is living through us. And so having said that, then when we as a church come together and there is the Lord's Supper, because we are doing what Jesus taught and what he instructed in that way, we are being obedient and yes, eating the bread and drinking his blood. And so I I heard a fellow (laughs) say one time, and I love this, that John six is not about the Lord's Supper. 
mm, but the Lord's Supper is about John 6. I think I get that. Yeah. And the, the idea is just that, look, when we believe in Jesus so much that we will follow him and then we're remembering him and pointing people to him and saying, look to him. Just, look, you know, as he said earlier, the, like the serpent was lifted up by Moses. Mm-hmm. He says, I'm going to be lifted up. And when we're taking the Lord's Supper, we are looking to him lifted up. Mm-hmm. We are eating the flesh and drinking the blood of the Lord. Not because we're eating something or drinking something but because we are believing in Jesus and we are looking to Jesus as the source of life and we're remembering that. Amen. Well, we thank you so much for joining us for Text Talk today and we'd love to hear your comments, questions, and feedback. As always, you can email us texttalk at christiansmeethere.org, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org. Let's pray together. Our great God and Father, we thank you for today and we thank you that as we're reading this scripture, we can reflect upon how you do, Father, satisfy all of our needs and, and we know, Father, that, that bread and the, and the issues of life, we need those things. And you will provide, though, those are small things to you because you have given the bread of life in Jesus Christ. And we pray, Father, that we might be about those works that glorify you, that we would work the works of God and believe in the one whom you sent, believe in Jesus Christ, humbling, obeying him, Father, that we might fully partake in the bread of life and the life that he gives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.